0: What's up everybody welcome back to the seven figure flipping podcast this is bill allen i just got done talking to my good friend tanya rooney about what did, what did she wish she knew when she got started flipping houses and she's done some really cool things in the past few years had a full-time job just got started flipping joined the mastermind group was able to quit her job about a year ago and learned a lot of lessons the hard way and in fact she doesn't know this we didn't talk about it on there but some of the stories that she's told i actually wrote some wrote her into my book. I'm writing a book right now and uh, should be out this summer. I hope. And I wrote some of these things that she's talking about today. Some of her tips that we just talked about inside the book. So um, she's going to give you her three top tips that she wished that she knew when she got started would have saved her a lot of time and a lot of money. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called seven figure flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right. We are back wrapping up our third episode in this. What do I wish I knew when I got started helping new folks who are just getting started, haven't done a deal yet. And those that are already in the business doing deals and might not have gone through some of these struggles. So I hope that these three episodes will help you guys guide you through those, uh, those ups and downs that we have that real estate roller coaster, and maybe have some foresight to see uh, what's coming before it actually hits you and knocks you down. So the first episode I was talking with Arthur Bodding, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back two episodes, listen to it. He talked about a bad partnership that he got into. They got in a little bit. Uh, deep into a bad deal and just kept going, Got ended up losing $100,000 on that deal and tons of headache. And then I talked to Nate Eccles uh, on the last episode. So if you haven't heard that one, you can go back and listen to some of his tips and tricks. And what he, what he talked about was uh, losing confidence. And it, first of all, getting overconfident buying some bad deals and letting those bad deals kind of beat him up and lose confidence. So he stopped his marketing machine. He stopped doing everything. He kind of started really losing confidence in his abilities until Yuri Berman at the meeting in January kicked him in the butt. And said, what are you doing? You need to get back out there. And he did. And he got two deals in one day inside of three hours. Absolutely amazing story. So go back and listen to that one. And today I have one of my favorite people in all of seven figure flipping. She's been on the podcast before you guys have heard her. You guys have probably seen her at events or uh, seen her on some of our videos and things. But today I've got Tanya Rooney and she is going to share some of the stuff that she wished that she knew when she got started. So Tanya, welcome to the podcast.
1: I'm very excited
0: to be here. Awesome. So um, if anybody doesn't know, they're just tuning in for the first time, haven't heard you before, haven't listened to your previous episode, which I would recommend you guys go back and listen to Tanya's uh, other episode. But um, tell them, just give a quick kind of Cliff Notes version of, of who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I used to be in the corporate commercial real estate world as a project manager. Um, so I worked for a really big commercial real estate company here in the um, Minneapolis, um, market, so twin cities, St. Paul. And, um, so I started three years ago in real estate. I decided that I didn't want to have to answer to people anymore. So I started a little bit of a journey talking, um, about flipping. <laughs> and, uh, so I got a couple of flips, uh, pretty quickly and then realized that I needed to get better. So I joined a group called 10 figure flipping and, um, got to become a full-time investor one year ago, it's about a year I've been a full-time investor now. Um, so within three years, I've done a number of deals. We typically flip, but we do some wholesales. And then I got to quit my corporate job last year. And I've got, I'm building my team and doing all the most cool things, at least that I think. <laughs> yeah. it's been
0: a year since you quit your job? Really?
1: Yeah. It's just about, actually, it's pretty much a year this week that I decided I was going to quit my job. And then I avoided trying to tell somebody, my director that i had to quit <laughs> that i wanted to quit because i wanted to
0: go to my own <laughs> you know I, I i remember that i honestly it felt like it's just a couple months ago i know that uh, last year was a pretty rough year for a lot of people it seemed to fly by and uh kind of like blinked and uh you know i turned 40 last year it was supposed to be this big party get together all this stuff that we had planned and it, wah, wah, nothing happened and it just feels like that was a month ago and it was almost a year ago now so that's crazy to think so because you were on the podcast before Uh, right before you quit your job so it's been over a year since the last time I interviewed you I think so yeah
1: Wow. I I just know it's been a couple of times and yeah it was right after we got off the seven-figure flipping cruise trip
0: that I quit yep Uh, that was an awesome trip by the way and we have another awesome one coming up in April in Cancun I can't wait for that one so all right let's jump into it so what what I want to do is I want I really want people to hear kind of lessons learned from somebody who's been in the business on the ups and downs, some problems that they've had. Like what are some things that you would say um, that you wish that you knew when you got started? And whether like somebody told you or th- things like that, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we don't talk about that don't work. And uh, you've probably learned the hard way a couple times and maybe even somebody told you that you shouldn't do it. And you did it anyway. And occasionally we have to work, learn that way, too. Right. So I'm sure you have some stories of success or failures that you wish that you knew kind of when you got started. So let's go into some of those.
1: Yes, I do have a handful of all of these things. And I chuckle when Bill says those things, because of course, there's always things that somebody told you not to do. And then you did them and you're like, dang it. I hate that I had to learn that way. But that's kind of the way I learned. So um, one of the big ones, I think, that just reminded me as soon as you said that was um, reaching out to people. So I'm a big, I'm a big cheerleader of obviously being part of a mastermind, like seven figure flipping, because that's the reason that I've done as much as I've done. It's because I, you know, lean on people around me. So I would actually put that as one of the top things that people need to do more of. And it's not necessarily joining a mastermind. Like that's, that's really awesome. It works for me because I'm a community driven person, but I think it's finding other people to help with your struggles because we all think we're on this weird little island because now we're entrepreneurs and we're trying to build this business and this, you know, it, it, we've never done it before. So that means like we don't know what we're doing or we're stumbling through it. But you can easily find other people that are stumbling through it as well or that just finished stumbling through it. Like, you know, someone else was just at your spot. And I talk to a lot of people pretty regularly about, like, I've never done a deal or I've done 20 deals or I've done 50 deals or 100. It doesn't really matter where you're at. We've all been there. And that's kind of the point of finding another person to say, like, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe the roller coaster I had today. Like, that happens every single week, like at least one day a week. You're going to have a super high high and a super low low. Like, that's just how real estate investing, at least in my experience is. And when you reach out to somebody and tell them like, Hey, I'm having a really rough time. Like I want to quit because these seven things just happened. And then this morning I got a deal. Like that's like, it's a true roller coaster. And I think I would always tell people like, find somebody else that's going through what you are. Um, I found it through a mastermind. You can find other investors. You can find, you know, there's plenty of real estate meetups. There's plenty of real estate websites. It's just finding somebody and then starting to get to know them and know that, you know, you're there for them. You're, and you want to, you need them there for you because sometimes when you are really low, you just need somebody to say, quit beating yourself up. It's not that bad. This is what we go through. It's okay. And you're going to get through it because getting from zero to one is really hard and getting from one to five or one to 10 is really hard, but having somebody else to like bounce things off is really, really important.
0: So before we move on from that one, it was. It, did you do that from the beginning? Like when you were getting into this business, did you find your people, your tribe? Did you ask for help? Did you admit that you didn't know everything?
1: Yeah, but I, uh, I'm i kind of that way. i really like to pay people to do all kinds of things. Like I like to learn through other people's expertise. Um, and so when I started, I started because a broker kept chasing me and saying like, hey, she was a residential broker. And she said, I think you should, you do really well in real estate. I think you'd be really good at, you know, whatever you choose, if you want to be a real estate agent or a flipper or whatever it is. Um, so I found her and then she connected me with one of her agents and that agent was my person. Like, absolutely. Like I had a brand new best friend, like that. I text seven days a week. If we te- if we didn't text for three days, like it would feel weird. And it's because you know I'm taking pictures of things. I'm like, do I really have to do this? Like I had people that knew what I was doing and they wanted to come and see it. So I had a house. My first house ever, like I put post-it notes all over the place. Like I put them on all the doors saying, this is what I want to do in all these rooms. My broker came over and she's like, you shouldn't do this, this, and this. Like a homeowner can do that. That's not the stuff that you should be concentrating on flipping. You should be concentrating on the big ticket things that they don't want to do. So I had a community of persons already doing that. My hard money owner, was the same. Like he came over and then he just hung out and we just chatted about the project. And, you know, he gave me advice. So I'm always looking for those kinds of people. But then um, when I realized I needed to do way more and I wasn't going to be able to with that small group, like that small group is still amazing. They know what they're doing, but they're not doing 10 deals, 20 deals, 50 deals, 100 deals like I'm flipping and wholesaling a year. So I had to find something else. And that's what I did because I learned better from other people. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I've I've admired that about you, actually, since you've come in, you just ask questions and questions and questions. And I did the same thing when I got into the mastermind group. But for me, it was because I paid so much money that I said, I'm going to go get my money's worth. And I, I see sometimes people, and it took me years to to realize that I've told the story many times, I was too cheap to even buy a book, I'd go to the library, I was on the free forums, I was just, I would go to meetup groups, re meetings, stuff like that. But I knew that there was like another level, other things that I wanted to do. And I never really got I, I feel like it was just a big puzzle and I didn't have, the, I didn't have the map like I didn't have the treasure map and I didn't understand how to put it together. But I, I understand all the pieces were there. It's just like, I just needed somebody to show me how to put it together. And it took me years, like three, four, five years of kind of banging my head against the wall before I finally said, all right, I'm going to spend some money. You talked me into it. And I saw you do it really fast. And I know that you interviewed me and a couple others, and it was going to be me or somebody else that you picked. And obviously I'm glad that you picked me, but you were ready. You were like, I'm, I'm doing this. This is the, this is the path and the way forward. And I admire that about you. What I, what I wrote down was uh, find your people, they will help with your struggles. But one other big thing inside of that is you can have, you can be around the greatest people and the right tribe and found it and be in a great mastermind group, but you have to understand that you have to ask for help. So learning how to ask for help is the biggest thing and how to open up and be vulnerable and share your losses and struggles just as much as your wins and successes. And that's, that's the biggest thing that I can recommend when it comes to this. I think it's a great tip. I wish I knew this way earlier. I probably did, but you know, there's so much, there's so much conversation about how like paying for coaching and paying for a mastermind or paying for these things is the wrong way to go. There's so much of that. Mm
1: -hmm. And then,
0: so for me, that's what I was hearing. I was hearing it on free forums on, on all the, different Facebook groups I was in and stuff like that. And it it just seemed to be like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And it's funny to to know that it played into who I am so much that it has been the catalyst of of where I am now, which is basically like taking my net worth and multiplying it by 10 or 20 from where I was before in a shorter period of time than I thought I ever could before. So um, everybody's a little bit different, like you said, but, uh, and some people can figure it out on YouTube University. And some people just want to kind of put the fast forward button on. Okay. What's next? What's the next thing?
1: Um, okay. My other next one is find help faster. So don't be afraid of hiring people for like, hmm. you can hire people for tiny bits of things. Like there are so many people out there that, um, like I was talking to my husband about this the other day, like, you don't like accounting. That's okay. You don't have to like accounting. You also don't have to spend a thousand dollars a month on accounting. You don't have to spend $500 a month on accounting. You can find somebody that that is their jam. Like I've had, I, I struggle with knowing that like I'm good at certain things and I think other people are going to be good at them or they're going to want to do that, which is totally hooey because it's not, it's not true. Like the things that Bill loves to do in his business are completely different from the things that I love to do in my business. So if you hate accounting, if you hate project managing, if you hate answering your phone, then get rid of it. You're going to be a happier human. You're going to like, you're going to like what you do more and it's okay to like lighten up on the purse strings. Like, yes, you don't want to go out and spend all the money. Like, you know, you still need to be conservative, but knowing that if you, like, if it's going to take you, like, let's just say 20 hours to wrap up your books from last year, then what is that 20 hours worth? Because if it's taking you 20 hours and that's because, you know, you have to do heads down work for a couple of weeks because it's really hours where you can find it why wouldn't you sp- ha- like spend a couple hundred bucks on somebody that's going to do it in five hours because that's their passion and that's what they like to do. Like my accountant and bookkeeper now, I watch him, that's all he wants to do. Like he loves the head down work and he's good at it and he's worth the money. And it's same with like a, an admin or a project manager, like anything you don't like to do, it's okay to find someone else to partner up because the only way you're going to get big If you want to think like a millionaire, how many millionaires do it all themselves? Like, you don't, you, you probably know one or two, but it doesn't matter. Like, we know that the most successful people in the world have teams around them. Like Bill Gates doesn't pick up his own laundry. Like he doesn't do certain things. And when you are trying to become that person that you're trying, like you want to be a millionaire, you want to be a real estate investor, you want to have financial freedom, like all these things. Well, you got to know that you're not the only person that's going to be able to make that happen. So you need to know that you've got to partner with people. And I say partner, I don't mean like you give away everything. Like I call them partners because they're not just my employees. They're not people that just work for me and that I pay. Like they have to they have to buy into what I'm doing so that they want to help. <clears throat> and it's okay to pay people. Like if you don't want to stuff the envelopes and you have $100, then don't stuff the envelopes. Have somebody else do it. Like pay for the money that is going to make you Do the things that you love, that you're good at, that's going to make money in your business and just like, just hire, like, don't, don't feel so terrible about hiring and don't think that you have to hire this person full time, like for an entire year. So you have to think about $25,000. You don't, you don't have to do that. Like somebody could be a hundred dollars a week because they really just want to get away from their family for two hours a day and just like do something different. So they are not paying attention to, you know, the TV or whatever's going on. So just know that.
0: All right. So I'm going to ask you a question. You kind of answered a little bit of it towards the end there. And I know this is probably what 99% of the listeners are saying right now. I can't afford it or I'll hire somebody when I dot, 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 dot. Just like I was like, I've done a couple deals. Um, I just don't feel like I can afford a full-time person to help me. Um, I'll do it when, so what do you, what's your answer to that?
1: Uh. I hate that (laughs) because I, because I understand, like I've totally gone through it and I thought, oh, I don't, I I don't think I'm going to do good enough. Like I just hired uh, a new acquisitions guy and I didn't think that uh, I probably can't afford him. Maybe it's not a right time, but I'm also finding a partner that is going to elevate my business. And that's the whole entire point is they should be they should be elevating everything that you do, whoever you bring in. So my administrative assistant, everything she does like elevates what I do. So yes, I make a little bit more money because of her. And it's, you know, it's harder to tie something because she's an admin, but it doesn't matter. Like she freed up so much of my time, my space and my head, and then I'm less stressed and that to me is always worth it. And yeah, people will always say they can't afford something, but again, like it's kind of going back to like, The people that are the most successful in the world don't do it themselves. Nobody can do it. Like, it is so hard to do it yourself and to think that you're on an island and you don't have another person to kind of help you out with things. So it's all about, it also kind of relates to coaching, like how much how like people spend money on coaching because it's supposed to elevate them. Like you have to take the risk and I know it is a risk and yes, it's really tough, but you can also figure out how much you can afford because most people I talk to, there's a guy in the group that I actually talked to often. Like I always remember this. I had a conversation about, you know, I know you don't want to hire anybody out, but your little kids are all under 10 years old right now. And you want to go home and hang out with them. And if in 10 or 15 years, I asked you, you know, how much would you pay for one hour with your kids at that age and how excited they were and how much they adored you. And, everybody like anybody in that position would figure out a way how can I get $10,000 just to just to go hang out with my kids at that age because they adored me and I liked them and all just all of those things and most people most people would pay a lot of money so why 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 wouldn't you pay the hundred dollars a week now like four hundred dollars four hundred dollars to hang out with your kids instead of stuffing those envelopes or doing like answering phone calls or like, I I mean, all of us want to hustle. That's totally great, but you still have like, it's a journey. It's not like, it's not, it's a lot of little sprints, but you still have to have some time in your life. And that's going to make you a more rounded, better person. Like you can care about your health of your mind, of your body, like of all these things. So to me, it's like a no brainer. And it's really hard to convince somebody that it's like, of course, this is a no brainer. Like, why wouldn't you,
0: um, yeah. uh, so for me, my answer to that would be, you can't afford not to really, uh, <laughs> at, at a certain point. And in the beginning I was, I was doing a lot of stuff myself, but I didn't see success. I didn't see true success until I started staying in. What I wrote down for you was like, lean into your superpower. You don't need to know everything. When, when I really offloaded the answering of the phones, cause I hate to talk on the phone. When I offloaded that and hired somebody who likes to do that, the business took off. And then when I hired a salesperson to come in, and she paid herself, she got paid commission, and so she wrote her own checks and made the company more money than she was getting paid. So, in in some areas and aspects, you can't afford not to. Uh, we were talking before the show, and I'm going to tie in. Uh, I told I told the story here where I I bought the farm behind my house. We talked about it a little bit on the show, and but we're because I, I want to take it outside of real estate. It's very easy to to look at this and say, Oh, yeah, sure. This guy's hired a bunch of people. Well, I'm in an area that I have no idea about in uh, farming and, 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 and produce and, and animals and stuff like that. So um, I, I, the farm that I bought, the guy who owned, owned it, he still lives in the house. So we, we let him live there while they're looking for another property, because we didn't need the house, we wanted the land. And he's got a tractor, he told me he's got a tractor, it has got a cultivator, and he's got a plow. And so I said, Okay, I've got all these things. And so when we came up with our plan for our one acre plot, I said, I got a tractor, a plow, a cultivator, all the things that I need. It sounds like I can use it for the year until he gets until they leave. And he said, no problem. You can use it. And I went over there one day and looked at it and the tractor is about 60 years old. It still runs fine, but he's, te- he's there with me and he's talking about this cultivator and this plow. And he's like, and, you know, about halfway through each, each row, I got to take the hammer, I got to stop, I got to pull it up, I got to th- hammer this back in a couple pieces, he's like, it works great. But so, and then sometimes it falls off and the, or the bolt snaps, and I have to t- take some time. It's like, usually it takes me a whole day to just kind of plow the small area that I have, which is like an eighth of an acre right now. And we're doing one acre. And so I'm sitting there looking at that going, this is exa- an exact replica of somebody's business where they're, they're, they're trying to do all these workarounds that take 10 times longer and are inefficient, and they're not valuing the, the time that they're putting in versus the output that they're going to get. So what did I do? I said, there's no possible way that I'm using this equipment because I don't have time to spend a whole day, basically one week out of my month, every month that I have to till and, and, and harvest and all these things, that I'm going to go out and I'm going to go buy. I, I found a tractor that was not full price, it saved about eight thousand dollars, spent just under 20 grand on a tractor that is going to save so much time over the next 10 years that we do this five years, three years. You know, it will pay for itself 10 times over in the next few years just based on saving time. And then, if we go bigger, we have it, and so. Think about it that way. Like it's an investment that you're making in another human being, somebody else, or or a system, or a process, or, or a mastermind, or something that is going to help you make more money or save time. Like Tanya said, sometimes time is more valuable than making more money. And so that, that's the trade-off in all this. You, you really can't afford not to. So I looked at, most people are like, oh, Daddy Warbucks over there is just buying a bunch of stuff for his farm. I'm sure the guy is like, that other tractor would have been just fine. This thing that got dropped off today is a monstrosity, and and, and I can't believe that you bought this thing. It's like brand new. I would never do that. But you don't look at things the same way that we do as entrepreneurs and builders. Like we are, we're like architects of businesses, right? And so when you think about that, hopefully, hopefully that story isn't too like out there for you, and you can grasp it. It really is. What is this thing that I, that I'm that I'm getting? This asset, and how is it going to help me in the 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 goals that I have and the dream that I have that I'm trying to create. So finding help faster, I think is a great tip. Like that is something that I wish I knew earlier. That is the thing that Andy McFarland pinned me down in a couple months. He took to shake it into me. And finally I hired that first person. And since then game over, like we're hiring somebody to help on the farm. And it's easy. Like I put up an ad on indeed, went through my process, went through my questions, found somebody. Now I'm going to make an offer. And other people are like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, you spent twenty dollars and found somebody. This is crazy. You know, I've been asking a hundred people all around the neighborhood for for the last six months, and I can't find somebody to do this job. You know, there's a lot of people out there that want to do what we what we have to offer, and they like getting a, just a paycheck and not having any other responsibility of a business like we do. We we have the toughest job. So, all right, anything else? What else you got?
1: Uh, the last one I got is stop. Uh, okay, so I'm a flipper. Stop with contractors faster. Oh, my God. So I have a contractor that I'm uh, I'm going to stop working with. I've been working with him for a year. And every time I pay him, I'm just frustrated about something. And we don't get along that well. Like we get along, but then I hear, oh, he said, Tanya probably isn't going to think this is perfect enough. And so we have different expectations. And I try really hard to communicate as much as I can. And I still fail. It doesn't matter. But Stop like, stop telling yourself, "Oh, I'll find them." Like, it's okay. Like, I'll find a better one. You know, next time. Start looking right then. And, like, start having the conversations. Like, stop using people that take advantage of you that um, that you don't trust. Like, all these contractors and vendor, like, I mean, vendor partners in general. Like, people that work for us. It can honestly go over to the people that work for us as well. Is like, don't just because they like if they're not up to your level and you don't think that they're doing good enough then why are you still using them? Like, and I have to cheer that, like I'm saying this because I'm cheerleading it to myself. Like stop using the people that you don't like to work with, that frustrate you, that you hate calling. Like when I see a certain, a couple contractors, when I see their name come up on my phone, I just like, ugh, stop doing that to yourself. Like there's plenty of people, like I know contractors are really hard to find, but it's the whole point of this business is find other, like just find those people that are gonna make you successful. Stop doing that.
0: Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, what I wrote down in there, you're talking about contractors and basically like firing them early. Like, don't let them, they, 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 will, they will make an excuse. They'll say it's going to change. Then you give them another chance and then it doesn't. And then you give them another chance and another chance. And, and, uh-huh. and what you do is you, you say, you know what? I, I really don't feel like going back to the drawing board. Like, I know I, it's a known quantity, I know the goods and the bads of this person. And I'm willing to accept the bads to, to get the goods from time to time. And then when it isn't really bad, you sit there and go, wait, why did I do this again? Like, how did I talk myself into this a few months ago? And you're right. I wrote anyone in this, is this way. I wrote, I wrote that down. It's not just contractors. It's staff. So that hire slow, fire fast. This is the tip here. Hire slow, fire fast. Take your time hiring those people. And then when you know it's not right, like this, when you have that gut feeling that something's wrong, that this isn't the right fit, like it... It's done. It need, you you need to you need to be They're real running. with yourself.
1: Running. and you need go.
0: <laughs> like let them go. And and honestly, I, we we've talked about this a lot at our events at, at Flip Hacking Live and talking about hiring and, and our mastermind groups. You're doing them a disservice by holding on to them longer than you should. Like you, you are treating them poorly. So if you if you take a hundred percent ownership, this extreme ownership concept of this, you are robbing that person of their like their superpower of their dream job of the places that they should be. Because if they're not doing a good job, they probably don't love what they're doing. I mean, it's probably like they're not in their genius zone. They're not in their superpower. They're not serving you and the company the right way that they should and themselves. So it's up to us. We have the hard job of letting them go. And at the time, they probably hate it and hate you and are really upset about it. But I mean, six months ago, later, a year later, I've gotten calls, emails, emails, uh, people reach back out to me and say, "Hey, you know, thank you so much. I found my dream job. Like you were right. I I thought I really loved what I did, but I didn't until I found my passion. And um and you, you and I thank you for it. Like I'm getting thank you cards and emails and stuff like that for firing people. Uh, now it's not right away. Usually it's a scathing review on our Google <laughs> Google page and and Facebook pages and stuff right away. But um, they they do a lot of them do realize that um, that. It's for, their better, it's for the greater good of them and the company, obviously. So um, if you think about it as a company, like a company and separate it from yourself, the decisions become a lot easier. And the fact is we make it very personal and we're all really pretty nice people and good people and have a big heart and we want to take care of folks. And so it's hard. It is really hard. And that's, that's what held me back from hiring people in the first place. It wasn't the hiring that I thought was going to be really hard. It was the taking care of their family and, and potentially having to fire them. That I was ultimately scared of so if you really dig down into what's holding you back maybe it's that like how do i really help somebody else how do i manage them how do i put food on the table how do i make sure that i keep those paychecks going and if i do have to fire them, then what you know so hire slow fire fast i love that one it's the easy way we always take the easiest way and usually the easiest way is the known quality uh, known quantity it's that contractor that stinks it's the family member that you hire it's the friend that you hire or the friend's spouse or somebody like oh yeah they have a marketing degree why don't you come be my marketing director like take the hard way and and you'll find that it'll it'll bring um it'll bring a bigger benefit to you and to the company so i love that um all right so let's recap these find your people help with your struggles and learn how to ask for help Uh, find help faster so hire somebody you don't need to know everything lean into your superpower and then contractors, staff members, employees, stop working with them at when you know it's not the right fit, go like cut them loose, let them fly, get out of here um, and don't take the easy way. So um, does that wrap it up pretty good?
1: I think those are pretty solid things. I would like to know. I would have liked to have known more of that, but I had to be kicked in the stomach a little bit. <laughs> so it's all and,
0: right. and, You know, to wrap all of this up, these three episodes for everybody, that what you just said is is it. Sometimes we, I mean, you, I, can, I can shout this from the mountaintop until I'm blue in the face. And some people will listen, which is great. But if you're listening to this right now, I'm, seriously, like take, write these down, put these in a sticky note somewhere, um, put it in your journal, put it somewhere where you're going to look for it. When you're ready to really kind of start building. But sometimes we have to go through this to realize it. Like we're really hard headed. Like human beings are really hard headed. It's like, yeah, but I'm sure Tanya had trouble with that, but I can do it all by myself. Like she couldn't. That's her loss. I can, right? Uh, You know, so I I was this way. Everybody's this way. I think um, my my challenge to everybody that's listening is just be careful. Like be careful when you, when you, um, try to do it all on your own or are or, or going to intentionally go against these or not listen or say that you can because Tanya is not the only one that's told me all the three of these. It's me and it's another 150 people inside of our mastermind group at every single meeting. It's like a broken record. And we do like the, the really good people, the folks that, that get really good really fast are the ones that learn from other people's mistakes and not their own. So that's the challenge that we have and we'll continue to have as humans because we're hard headed. And uh, yeah. That's it. All right, Tanya, thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I hope you guys got a lot from these last three episodes. I think they're really powerful, and they're probably some that you should bookmark and and go back and listen to. If you really loved them, take a screenshot on social media of uh, Tanya's um, awesome face, post it on social media, tag her, tag me at Bill Allen REI, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'd love to have uh, a rating and review. Uh, some referrals to the podcast. Just tell your friends. This is all free content that we put out there. We spend a lot of time putting all this stuff together, bringing these awesome guests on, interviewing them. And if there's anything you guys want to hear, reach out to us and and let us know. We hope to see you at our events. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, Flip Hacking Live, we have a multifamily event that I'm helping with called Multifamily Live Live. Uh, doing some really cool stuff uh, over the next uh, six, nine months. So um, we can't wait to see you at the events, see you at some of the webinars we do, the the free free events that we're putting together virtually and things like that. Um, so stay tuned. And we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up. So Tanya, thanks so much for being here. Uh, if anybody wants to find you somewhere or reach out, can they do anything, leave you an awesome review on Google or uh, your business, or can become buyers if they're in the area, where can, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, I am Baffs Home Buyers, So B-A-F-S homebuyers.com. And um, I think we're on Instagram now. And we're definitely on Facebook. And you're always welcome to reach out. If you click through Bill's profile, you will find my name and his friends. <laughs> you're welcome to like reach out. I, I like to talk to new investors. I like to tell people why they should do certain things. And definitely come join us at Bookhating Live because I'm already thinking about October and the people I get to meet uh, because stuff like that is super fun. Like we have an awesome community. And if you feel like you're an awesome human, you should come to be awesome with us because I think it's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you can join the mastermind group, seven figure out and hang out with Tanya all the time and uh, and, and the rest of us. So f- definitely Flip Hacking Live. And if you don't, if you didn't hear Flip Hacking Live is going to be in person in October down in Orlando, um, October 14th, 15th and 16th off the top of my head. Uh, you can go to flippackinglive.com and grab your ticket and see us there. All right. I'll see you guys. Bye. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.